so now we come to this chapter in Kitab al-Tawheed, this particular book that we've been going through in the previous lessons, the book which explains the very fundamental and basic belief that every Muslim needs to be upon with regards to his worship. Because this religion of Islam, it is built upon the fundamental of Worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, without associating any partners to Him. In all aspects of your worship, whether it is worship from your heart, whether it is worship upon your tongue, whether it is worship upon your limbs physically, then every aspect of worship must be singled out to Allah alone. That is the fundamental uh, basis of this religion, the basis of Tawheed. And this whole book that we've been studying has been explaining that basis of Tawheed. The understanding of the Shahada of La ilaha illallah, Muhammadun Rasulullah, that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. The Muslim testifies that there is no other deity, no other so-called God, no other partners to God, to Allah. There are no others to be worshipped at all. All forms of worship are singled out to Allah alone. In this book, we've been studying how to perfect that. And what are the different types of things which are not allowed to be done types of acts that would negate or make deficient your tawheed to Allah. The importance of that tawheed, tawheed meaning to single out Allah alone with your worship, we've studied the importance of that throughout the chapters that we've covered so far. In the very beginning, we studied that Allah told us in the Qur'an, our purpose of creation, and that our purpose of creation is to worship Him. Because Allah said in the Qur'an, as we studied at the beginning of the book, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I did not create jinn or humans except for them to worship me. That is the purpose of our existence on this earth. That is our goal, our objective, to worship our Creator, because this life is a test. Allah mentioned in the Quran, "الذي خلق الموت والحياة ليبلوكم أيكم أحسن عملا." Allah, the one who created death and life, to test you, which of you is best in your actions. Which of you is best in your worship and obedience to Allah? This life is that test. The test 
to see who will be righteous and obedient to their Creator, and who will be disobedient and sinners and wrongdoers. Allah mentioned also in the Qur'an that we are in need of asking Allah regularly to keep us guided upon that straight path of Tawheed, so that we do not end up misguided, we do not end up astray, away from the teachings of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Because salvation, it is in implementing and practicing what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed to us. Every single prophet and messenger that ever came, they were all given the same essential basic revelation from Allah. And that basis of the revelation that they were all given, every prophet and messenger, was the basis of Tawheed. That they were to go and preach to their people, to not worship any other deity besides Allah. That no one has the right to be worshipped except Allah. As Allah said in the Qur'an, وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا أَنْ اِعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ وَاجْتَنِبُوا الطَّاغُوتِ As we studied earlier on, that indeed we sent to every nation. Allah says, we sent to every nation a messenger preaching to them, أَنْ اِعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ Worship Allah alone. وَاجْتَنِبُوا الطَّاغُوتِ And stay away from the false deities. Worship Allah alone. And stay away from the false deities. Similarly, Allah said in the Quran, "Wa'abudu Allah, wa'la tushriku bihi shay'a." As we studied previously, worship Allah Subhanahu wa Taala alone, and stay away from shirk. Do not commit any shirk, which is polytheism, which is associating other partners to Allah. Worshipping others alongside Allah, as the people of the past and present, they do some from amongst them. So there are those who claim that Allah has children, the mushrikeen, the disbelievers at the time of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, They used to claim that Allah has daughters. They used to claim that the angels are the daughters of Allah. And then there were others who claimed that Allah has a son. And there were others who claimed that Allah has a son too. So various peoples have claimed in the past and in the present that Allah has partners, that Allah has sons, that Allah has daughters. And all of that is nullified in Islam. It is absolutely incorrect to claim that Allah has any partners, that Allah has or is in need of any associates. Rather we say Allah is alone in His might and majesty. He is the one to be worshipped alone with all forms of our obedience. In the Qur'an Allah informed us, وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوا وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُ That which the Prophet ﷺ gives you, then take it, and that which he prohibits you from, then abstain from it. So when all of those prophets and messengers throughout history, 
They came with that revelation from the time of Nuh alayhi salam, Noah, and Musa alayhi salam, Moses, Ibrahim alayhi salam, Abraham, Isa alayhi salam, Jesus, and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as well as all of the other prophets and messengers. They all came with the same message. The message to their people, Ya Allah, ma lakum min ilahin ghayruh. O people, worship Allah. You do not have any other deity to worship besides Him. This was the message of Tawheed that was revealed to all of the prophets and messengers throughout history, throughout the revelations that came. Every revelation preaching to the people, worship your Creator alone. Do not associate any other partners to Him. Allah is not in need of any partners and does not have any partners. As Allah said in the Quran, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ Say that He is Allah, the One. One and single and alone. قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ اللَّهُ الصَّمَدٌ He is a Samad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a Samad. And some of the scholars have mentioned that the meaning of As-Samad is that He is the one who all of us in creation are in need of. All of our needs, they ascend up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of our needs, our prayers, what we require, all of that goes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah can answer the dua of everyone and it would not decrease his kingdom at all. As it is mentioned in the hadith, لَوْ أَنَّ أَوَّلَكُمْ وَآخِرَكُمْ وَإِنْسَكُمْ وَجِنَّكُمْ كَانُوا عَلَىٰ أَتْقَىٰ قَلْبِ رَجُلٍ وَاحِدٍ If all of you from the beginning to the end, the jinn and the humans were all upon the most righteous heart, you are all worshipping Allah. Everyone. ما زاد ذلك في ملك الله شيء. أو كما قال. That it would not increase the kingdom of Allah at all. If everybody worshipped Allah, it doesn't give a benefit to Allah. Allah is not in need of our worship. But we are in need of worshipping Him. In the same hadith it continues to mention, وَلَوْ أَنَّ أَوَّلَكُمْ وَآخِرَكُمْ وَإِنْسَكُمْ وَجِنَّكُمْ كَانُوا عَلَىٰ أَفْجَرِ قَلْبِ رَجْنِ وَاحِدِ مِنْكُمْ مَا نَقَسَ ذَلِكَ مِنْ مُلْكِ اللَّهِ شَيْءٍ That if all of you were upon the most evil heart, every one of you in mankind and the jinn kind, all of you from the beginning to the end, billions and billions, if all of you were upon the most evil heart, all of you sinning against Allah, it would not decrease the kingdom of Allah in any way. It would not decrease or make any reduction in the kingdom of Allah in any way. Then the hadith goes on to mention, وَلَوْ أَنَّ أَوَّلَكُمْ وَآخِرَكُمْ وَإِنْسَكُمْ وَجِنَّكُمْ كَانُوا عَلَىٰ أَوْ قَامُوا عَلَىٰ صَعِيدٍ وَاحِدٍ If all of you, the jinn and the humans, everyone, everyone, billions and billions and billions, were all stood on one plane of land. And you made dua. 
Every single person asking Allah for what he requires. And if Allah was to answer every single person for what they want and give it to him, it would not decrease the kingdom of Allah at all. Except as the example says, like a needle when you put it into the sea, into the ocean. When you dip a needle into the ocean, how much water drops from the needle? Nothing. Compared to the ocean, how much drops off the needle? How much water have you taken out of the ocean with the needle? Nothing. Nothing. This is the example given. If Allah was to answer the dua of every one of you, the supplication of every one of you, the prayers of every one of you, it wouldn't decrease the kingdom of Allah in any way. So we are the ones, the ones Allah created. We are His creation. We are the ones in need of worshipping Allah. It is not Allah who is in need of our worship. The worship is for our benefit. And this tawheed is the basis upon what we do our worship. Because in the hereafter, on the day of judgment, when the resurrection occurs, when everyone is raised out of their graves, raised out from the dead and raised again alive, and the souls return to the bodies, the resurrection it occurs and the accountability will occur. These are events that will certainly occur. It is not the case as the people, some of them claim, that this world is here out of futility. That there is no purpose or objective to this world. There is no purpose or objective to this creation. You live, you die, you become soil and the worms eat your body. And there is nothing more to it, that is it. That cannot be the case. And that is not the case. Rather, Allah created all of this creation with wisdom and with purpose. لَمْ يَتْرُكْنَا hamala. He didn't leave us walking around aimlessly. Rather, Allah left us upon this earth with objective, with goals. And those goals and objectives are that we are in obedience to Allah upon Tawheed. Because in the hereafter, when the resurrection occurs, it will be the Tawheed that is the salvation for an individual. The hadith that we've mentioned before, on that day, there will be a man, and he has 99 scrolls. Tis'a sajillan. 99 scrolls. Each of these scrolls, when you unravel it, it unravels and rolls out as far as the eyesight can see. That is one sigil. Then you have 99 of them. Every one of them filled with evil deeds. Then it will be said to this man on the day of judgment, Alaka hasana, do you have any good deed? He will say, La ya Rabbi. No, my Lord, I have nothing. But then it will be said to him, Bal, indana laka hasana. Rather, you do have a good deed. And nobody will be oppressed. La dhulma 
Nobody will be oppressed. You have a good deed. So one sigil, one or bitaqa as it is mentioned. One bitaqa, one parchment is brought out. And on that parchment it says, La ilaha illallah. So the La ilaha illallah, it goes into the kiffah. Onto one side of the balance of the mizan. And all of these other tis'a'u tis'ina sijillan, the 99 parchments or scrolls, will go onto the other side of the mizan, the weighing scale. And the la ilaha illallah, it will overcome all of those evil deeds. Such is the virtue of la ilaha illallah, as we studied previously. Fadlu la ilaha illallah, fadlu shahada, fadlu tawheed. These are the things that are mentioned. Hence, when you look at the examples of the previous prophets and messengers, you look at the example of Abu al-Anbiya, Ibrahim alayhi salam. Allah said about him, he was an ummah. Ibrahim alayhi salam alone, an ummah. He was a qudwah, he was an imam to be followed. Why? Because he was from the people of Tawheed. وَلَمْ يَكُمْ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ And he was not from the polytheists. He was from the people of monotheism, from the people of Tawheed, upright, holding tightly to that Tawheed, to such an extent that Ibrahim alayhi salam, he made dua to Allah, رَبِّ جُنُبْنِي وَبَنِيَّ أَنَّ عَبُدَ الْأَصْنَامِ Oh my Lord, protect me, guard me, and my offspring from worshipping the idols. Ibrahim alayhi salam, yakhaf ala nafsih. Ibrahim alayhi salam, fearing for himself that maybe some shirk will come. Because he says in the Quran about the shirk and the idols, Those idols, that shirk, it has misguided many people. So protect me and my offspring from it. The Salaf, they said, the Salaf, they said, if Ibrahim alayhi salam, Abu al-Anbiya, Khalilullah, the father of the prophets and the most beloved to Allah, is making this dua, oh Allah, protect me from shirk. Then what about the rest of us? Who are we to think we are safe? And who are we to think that we have nothing to fear? So an individual continuously asks Allah to keep him firm upon the religion. The dua that the Prophet ﷺ used to make, Ya muqallib al-qulubi thabbit qalbi ala dinik. The one who changes and alternates the hearts of the people, keep my heart firm upon your religion. And certainly the one who is upon iman, that is the one who is kept firm upon the religion. يُثَبِّتُ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِالْقَوْلِ الثَّابِتِ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ Allah will keep firm and upright, with an upright statement, those who have iman, those who have iman, they will be kept on the upright path, they will be kept, guided, firm, grounded in this world, saved from bid'ah, saved from innovations, saved from the shirk, 
saved from all of those deviations that the people are upon and the distortions that the people have made into this religion. That Allah saves you and guards you, keeps you protected upon the straight path, away from all of those misguided pathways. Because indeed, those misguided pathways have come. The Prophet ﷺ said, سَتَفْتَرِقُ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ إِلَىٰ ثَلَاثٍ وَسَبْعِينَ فِرْقَةٍ In the hadith when he mentioned that the Jews and the Christians, they split up into 71 sects, into 72 sects, وَأَنَّ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ سَتَفْتَرِقُ إِلَىٰ ثَلَاثٍ وَسَبْعِينَ فِرْقَةٍ That this ummah will split into 73 sects. And those sects, they emerged. They came. The sects of the Khawarij, the sects of the Ash'ariyya, the Mu'tazila, the Jahmiyyah, all of these different sects having their different beliefs from the most evil of them and the first of them, the Khawarij, this sect of the extremists who came about, the sect of the extremists, they arose at the early times and they murdered the companions and they continued upon that way in killing and murdering, claiming that this is Islam. This sect has been around for 1400 years. It is not something which has emerged now. It is not something which has come about now in the last decade or two decades. This sect of these extremists has been around since the early times, since those early generations, 1400 years ago. And they have continued upon their way of spilling the blood of the Muslims, making it halal to kill Muslims, non-Muslims, everyone. And they do not care. The Prophet ﷺ warned us against them, mentioning that they are kilabu ahlinnar, the khawarij. They are the dogs of the hellfire. The companions warned us against them. The great scholars and the imams warned us against them. Al-Imam Al-Ajuri, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said that there is agreement. Ittafaqat al-a'imma, qadiman wa hadithan. The imams, the scholars, they have agreed in the past and currently in the present that the khawarij are a people of evil. They are a people of evil that is agreed upon throughout history because of their deviation and misguidance to such an extent that many scholars hold the opinion that those khawarij and takfiris and the extremists that go killing and assassinating and bombing and shooting, that they are not even Muslims. They are not Muslims. Many scholars from olden times held this opinion. Even from our time, Sheikh bin Baz, rahimahullah ta'ala, has statements to this effect. That the khawarij are not to be considered as Muslims for the activities that they are upon, for the beliefs that they are upon. So the point being, these different sects emerged and they deviated away and they went away from the actual teachings of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. The Sunnah being 
the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad So what is upon us is to learn those fundamentals from the Qur'an, to learn those basics from the sunnah, from the teachings of the Prophet ﷺ, in the pure and correct manner, so that we are on the correct understanding of Islam, an understanding which is pure, an understanding which is as it was revealed in the Qur'an, as the Prophet ﷺ taught us, not as you find with these extremists, not as you find with the other deviated individuals, whoever they may be, from their various beliefs and their aqaid, that they have gone away from the straight path. So upon us is to cling to the evidences. The Prophet ﷺ said, مَا أَمَرْتُكُمْ بِهِ فَأْتُوا مِنْهُ مَسْتَضَعْتُمْ وَمَا نَهَيْتُكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوا what I have commanded you to do, then do as much as you are able. And what I have prohibited you from, then stay away from it. This is what is upon us as Muslims, to look at the evidences and to practice Islam as it has been revealed properly. Upon Tawheed, singling out worship to Allah alone, for the end result of those who do not, is certainly the hellfire. For the one who is disobedient to Allah, is disobedient to the revelations that have come, does not fulfill the commandments, and instead performs the prohibitions, as the likes of the Khawarij and other individuals do also. Hence the scholars have mentioned, that the Khawarij are usatun lillah. They are sinners against Allah, just as other individuals and groups are. These people need to be guided back to the truth. Ud'u ila sabili rabbika bil hikmah wal maw'idati al hasanah wajadilhum billati hiya ahsan. Call to the path of your Lord with wisdom and admonish them with a good admonition and debate with them in a manner which is better so that the people are directed to the correct understanding of Islam. And that the youth and the people are not brainwashed by the extremists and the terrorists as they are known as. These Khawarij and these Takfiris and the ISIS and those people. They are not an Islamic state. There is no Khilafah there. There is no Khalifa there. As the scholars they said, whoever gives bay'ah to Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi faqad ba'a shaytan. Then he has given his pledge of allegiance to the shaytan. فَقَدْ بَايَعَ الشَّيْطَانَ Shaykh the Muslim Abbad said, he's given his pledge of allegiance to the shaytan, because they are deviated individuals, and they are not performing what they perform in the name of Islam. Islam is innocent of their actions. So be aware, and do not allow the misguided ideologies of the ikhwan al-Muslimin from the likes of the people who promote to you that the Muslim countries are kuffar, all of the hukam are kuffar, mashaAllah. Ma fi dawla islamiyah, they say. There is no Muslim country on earth, any country, Jordan, uh, from the Arab country, Saudi Arabia, whichever country, they say there is no Muslim country. They are all countries of disbelievers. This is the extremists. So do not be 
fallen into their ideologies and their mentality. Rather learn the religion from the pure sources, the sources of the Qur'an and the Sunnah, because the Prophet said, تَرَكْتُ فِيكُمْ شَيْئَيْنِ مَا إِن تَمَسَّكْتُمْ بِهِمَا لَن تَضِلُّوا كِتَابَ اللَّهِ وَسُنَّتِي I have left two things behind the Prophet said, as long as you cling on to them, you will not go astray. The book of Allah and my sunnah. Similarly, my teachings, the sunnah. And similarly in the other narration that the Prophet ﷺ told us, عَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّتِي وَسُنَّةِ الْخُلَفَاءِ الرَّاشِدِينَ الْمَهْدِيِّينَ مِنْ بَعْدِ تَمَسَّكُوا بِهَا وَعَضُّوا عَلَيْهَا بِالنَّوَاجِهِ Cling on to my sunnah and the sunnah of the khulafa, the, uh, the rightly guided caliphs, Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali, radiyallahu anhum. Cling on to that sunnah. Upon you is my sunnah and their sunnah. Cling on to it. Tamasaku biha. Wa'addu alayha bin nawajith. And bite onto it with your mawla teeth. Wa'iyyakum wa muhdathatil umur. And be warned from the newly invented matters. فَإِنَّ كُلَّ مُحْجَثَةٍ Every newly invented matter is an innovation. وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ وَكُلَّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ As the Prophet ﷺ used to say in the Jum'ah khutbah, khutbah al-hajah, every innovation is a misguidance and every misguidance is in the fire. The Prophet ﷺ told us, مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ فَهُوَ رَدَّ Whomsoever brings about something new into this religion of ours which is not from it, فَهُوَ رَدْ This action that a person does, if a Muslim says it is worship to Allah, if the Qur'an and the teachings of the Prophet ﷺ do not give us that, then it is not worship, it is bid'ah. It is innovation. And bid'ah is not acceptable at all. In the other hadith, مَنْ عَمِلَ عَمَلًا لَيْسَ عَلَيْهِ أَمْرُنَا فَهُوَ رَدْ Whoever does any worship, any action, which is not from our religion, then it will be rejected. It will be cast back onto that person. It will not be accepted. So upon every Muslim is to learn the fundamentals of his religion. The biggest fundamental being, Tawheed. Because Islam is built upon five pillars. Bunya al-Islam ala khams. The first, Shahadati an la ilaha illallah. Islam is built on five pillars. The first one, the testification that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth. Except Allah. That is the basis. Then you have the second part of the testification. Muhammadun Rasulullah. That you testify Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. And that indicates four things that you will do. The testimony. Anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. This has four things. Ta'atuhu fi ma amarah. Wajtinabu. وَاجْتِنَابُ عَمَّ نَهَا عَنْهُ وَزَجَرَهُ وَتَصْدِيقُهُ فِي مَا أَخْبَرَهُ وَأَلَّا يُعْبَدُ اللَّهُ إِلَّا بِمَا شَرَعَهُ 
that you will obey the messenger of Allah in what he commanded you, and you will stay away from what he prohibited you, and you will believe in the information that he gave us from the knowledge of the unseen, ilmul ghayb. The Prophet ﷺ told us about the day of judgment. He told us about the barzakh. He told us about the paradise, the hellfire, all these things, then you believe in them, yaqeen. And similarly, Allah yu'badullahu illa bimashara'ah. That you will only worship Allah in the way that Allah has commanded you. That is what is required when you take the testimony, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadun Rasulullah. There is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. And that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. This is the fundamental and that is the first pillar. Then after that, all of the other pillars of Islam, they come. The pillar, the second pillar, the pillar of the prayer. The prayer, the five obligatory prayers. إِنَّ صَلَاةَ كَانَتْ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ كِتَابًا مَوْقُوتًا That indeed the prayer is upon the believers at fixed times. So the Muslim needs to pray those prayers at those fixed times. And this is what the Prophet ﷺ told Mu'adh ibn Jabal when he sent him to Yemen to teach the people. He said, إِنَّكَ تَأْتِي قَوْمًا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ You are going to come to people of the book, Jews and Christians there. So, فَلْيَكُنْ أَوَّلُ مَا تَدْعُهُمْ إِلَيْهِ شَهَادَةَ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Make sure the first thing that you give them da'wah to is the tawheed la ilaha illallah, that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. فَإِنْهُمْ قَبِلُوا ذَلِكَ If they accept that from you, ثُمَّ أَخْبِرْهُمْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ افْتَرَضَ عَلَيْهِمْ خَمْسَ صَلَوَاتٍ فِي كُلِّ يَوْمٍ وَلَيْلَةٍ If they accept the shahada, they accept that there is no deity worthy of worship, in truth except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then tell them and inform them about the prayer, that it is obligatory upon them to pray the five prayers daily, every day and every night. The five prayers that have been established every day and every night, three in the night and two in the day. The dhuhr and the asr in the day, and the maghrib and the isha and the fajr in the night. Five prayers for the day. That is the obligation upon a Muslim to perform them upon tawheed. And then the other pillars of the zakat and the fasting and the hajj. So the purpose of this being to highlight that this particular book we have been studying so far, it highlights to you and it breaks down to you the meaning of La ilaha illallah and the things which perfect your shahada, the things which perfect your shahada, and the things which can make a deficiency in your shahada. This explains to you the various things. So we've discussed before regarding the importance and the virtues of tawheed. We've discussed before fearing falling into shirk and asking Allah to keep you firm upon tawheed. We've discussed the importance of calling to tawheed. Ad-da'wah ila shahadati an la ilaha illallah. We saw the narrations when the companions 
were in the battle. When Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu was given the flag, and the Prophet said to him, when you get there, don't attack. When you get there first, tell them about La ilaha illallah. If they accept, khalas. If they don't accept, then. So first it is the da'wah to tawheed. Then we went through the various other chapters, talking about having your trust and your dependence completely in Allah, and not trusting and depending in other people. At-tawakkul. At-tawakkul ala Allah. Having your full trust and dependence in Allah, and that you do not uh, wear the talismans and the necklaces and the tama'im and the other things, believing that this will save you and this will have power. The trust is in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When the battle of Uhud happened, and Abu Sufyan was going to come back, and he said, we're going to come back and attack you and kill you and finish you, the Prophet ﷺ said, حَسْبُنَ اللَّهُ وَنِعْمَ Allah is enough for us and the best of protectors. And they went out and the mushrikeen got scared. So the Muslims, the trust is in Allah completely. You make your dua to Allah, you make your supplication and prayers to Allah. Use the times that have been mentioned for making dua. In the last third of the night where it is mentioned, that your Lord descends. Allah comes down to the nearest heaven, to the earth, in the last third of the night. And then Allah says, Man, who? Who is asking? Man yas'aluni fa'atihi? Man yastaghfiruni fa'aghfiralah? Who is asking me and I will give it to him? Who is seeking forgiveness and I will forgive him? Similarly in the Quran, Allah mentioned, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ if my servants ask you about me, then I am close. I answer the dua of the one who calls upon me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers the dua. Even if a Muslim sins and he does wrong, then you make your dua to Allah and you return to Allah seeking forgiveness. As it is mentioned in the hadith, كُلُّكُمْ تُخْتِئُونَ بِاللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ وَأَنَا أَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا فَاسْتَغْفِرُونِي أَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ All of you make errors night and day. But I am the one who forgives. So seek your forgiveness from me and I will forgive. In the other hadith, كُلُّ بَنِي آدَمْ خَطَّاءَ وَخَيْرُ الْخَطَّائِينَ التَّوَّابُونَ All of the sons of Adam, they make error. But the best of those who make error are the ones who repent. In the ayah in the Qur'an, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ My servants, say to them, my servants, the ones who have transgressed upon themselves, who have oppressed themselves, then do not lose hope in the mercy of Allah. Indeed, Allah is the one who forgives. Do not lose hope in the mercy of Allah. Indeed, Allah is the one who forgives. So upon the Muslim, is to make sure that he remembers these fundamentals, to learn the basics of Tawheed, because it is the Tawheed that will separate between the people on the Day of Judgment. Allah said in the Qur'an, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَنْ يُشْرَكَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ Allah does not forgive that you commit shirk with Him, 
But he forgives all else besides that to whom he wills. So on that day, the one who commits shirk, polytheism, worshipping multiple gods, believing that God or that Allah has partners or sons or children, or that there are other gods alongside Allah, then that person has committed shirk, has committed polytheism, which is haram, impermissible in Islam, and he will be from the people of hellfire. But the one who is upon purity of worship to Allah alone, in everything, all of the aspects of his life, devoting his life to Allah, putting his trust in Allah, making his supplications to Allah, prayers to Allah, and learning and studying his religion so that he has the correct understanding of Islam, and not all of the deviance and the misunderstanding you see from people everywhere, claiming that bombings are from Islam, and claiming all types of other things are from Islam, and they have nothing to do with Islam. So every person needs to gain knowledge. فَعَلَمَ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Have knowledge that there is no deity to be worshipped in truth except Allah. Then seek forgiveness for your sins. Then, استغفر لذنبك. After you have knowledge. As Imam al-Bukhari said, باب العلم قبل القول والعمل. Knowledge comes before statements and actions. So it is upon every individual to bear that in mind. As Allah mentioned in the Quran, فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُوا لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ فَلْيَعَمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ أَحَدًا Whomsoever wishes to meet his Lord, then let him do the righteous actions. Those actions that are sincere to Allah, purely for Him. And those actions that are upon the sunnah, the teachings of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ And let him not associate any partners alongside Allah in that worship that he performs to Allah. So that is a reminder and a recap of what we have studied so far in this book, Kitabut Tawheed explaining to us the basics of Tawheed, and what every Muslim needs to be upon. And inshallah, maybe upon that reminder, we'll conclude today, and we'll carry on with the next chapter the next time, which is regarding the Tawheed of Al-Asma' wa Sifat. So we'll conclude there for today. If there are any questions we're able to take, then we'll do so. Otherwise, we'll leave it there. لا, because the scholars they say, the ones who give the explanation of it, some of them said, he had the 99 scrolls of evil deeds because he was a kafir all of his lifetime. But at the end of his lifetime, he accepted tawheed and died upon tawheed. So that wiped out everything before it. Al-Islam yajubbu ma qablahu. Wipes out all of that which came before it. So it was at the end that he died upon Tawheed, so that saved him. It's like it's mentioned in the hadith. The one who accepted the shahada and died without praying a single prayer. The one who died in the battlefield in that narration it mentions. He accepted the Islam and then he died without even praying a single prayer. But he accepted and he will die upon Tawheed. 
the narration where it mentions about the Jewish boy when he was dying and the Prophet ﷺ went to him and said to him, accept Islam. So what did the boy do? When the Prophet ﷺ said to him, accept Islam, the Jewish boy, what did he do? He looked at his father. He was looking at his father, what shall I do? And the father said, yes, listen to him. And he became Muslim. So this person now has salvation. Uh, there are examples like that, many examples. Even when the Prophet ﷺ went to his uncle Abu Talib. Abu Talib, kafir, mushrik, died upon his shirk. But at the end of his lifetime, when he was on his deathbed, عند الموت, the Prophet ﷺ was still telling him, accept the tawheed. Say, la ilaha illallah, kalimatan uhaju laka biha عند الله. I'll be able to make a case for you, you'll have some defense, the tawheed and the resurrection. So even upon death, so the scholars say that he accepted, some of them say this, that maybe he accepted the tawheed at the end of his lifetime, so therefore it wipes out all of the evil beforehand. So we leave it there for today. Next week the lecture is at 7 o'clock. Bear that in mind. It's a different lecture next week. We're not doing this next week. It's a different lecture next week. It's a one-off. Uh, so that will be 7 p.m. Remember to come at 7 p.m. Then the week afterwards we carry on with this book. The week after that we carry on with this book back to normal 8 p.m. again. But for one-off one next week, remember 7 p.m. to come inshallah. وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين